Hello, welcome to the Tall Street Digital Podcast, where every week we discuss search news and break down topics in SEO. I'm Cord Bloomquist, and I'm joined, as always, by Anar Johansson. Hello, Anar. Hi, Cord. Are you ready to do this? Uh, yeah. We're both, we're both a little under zero. the weather this week, but I think we're going to maintain a, a level of liveliness that our audience has come to expect. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Google's search on event is happening uh, now, and um, right. they've they've announced some some changes to search. And you may already have seen these changes to search. We just we were just seeing them on our prep call earlier today. Um, we were searching for specific historical figures, and uh, the information came up in a way that's different from how we would have seen it in the past. So that's one of the changes that Google announced. Um, I think that's part of its um, what it's calling uh, web stories. So now, if okay. I if I type in you know Marilyn Monroe, oh. let's say, I get this now this sort of tiled tiled uh, thing of photos at the top. You know, photos right. we've all seen of Marilyn, her dress coming up on the vent on the sidewalk, whatever. Um, a Smithsonian magazine piece is highlighted up there, and then it gives you know died August fourth, nineteen sixty two. Uh, it gives her full name. Some of the stuff that I think previously we had seen in just like a little uh, line at the top where it might have said Marilyn Monroe, American actress, it's now kind of expanded and built on that. So this is yeah. more of like that presenting the stuff that they think you want to know right away. But they've announced a few other things like um, in the um, they're demoing all this stuff on the iOS app, I think. So I think they're rolling this out to iOS, which is odd because they have their own um, Android operating system. But this is they're the, just uh, using them as lab rats. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, and they're also probably rolling it out to the most lucrative search audience that they have, which is not people yeah. buying um, Andro Android phones, which skew to the um, lower end of the market. Like iOS is all uh, yeah, high end buyers. Well. Who have well? I know this. Their um, iOS oh, right. traffic <laughs> tends to be from because because it's the, the lowest end iPhone is so much higher in price than the lowest end mm -hmm. Android phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. You're basically buying into the, you're you're rolling it out to the top end of the market. People are going to tend to click on the highest um, priced ads. So mm -hmm. it makes sense for Google to do it this way. And yeah, I'm sure that they can say we'll refine the experience for Android. Um, but they're showing that they now have these search shortcuts. So that's um, uploading screenshots. You can translate text with Google Lens. Um, you can even find a song by just humming it into the microphone. Um, yeah. So wait, Google, some of these have been available for a while, right? Yeah, I don't on, on they, iOS. I I guess I don't I don't know about that. I know that Google Lens and the idea of using yeah. like, um, what they're calling like multi-search. Like being able okay. to to put in an image, and then kind of tell it what this image is. Yeah, like looking for a hat like this. Uh, so yeah, it knows I, you're, you're, you know you're looking for the uh -huh. hat on the person's head in the picture, not. I, I, I did use that uh, uh, not long ago because so the party and someone asked what kind of dog is that, and I took a photo of it with Google Lens, and it told me the breed. <laughs> so yeah, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> very um, cool. So I, I think that they're um it's a, so so you know what are the takeaways of any of this for, for for search engine optimization? Cool that they've got these new things. Um mm -hmm. I, I think all of it just like reinforces best practices, like add meta information to images. So put in that alt text, yeah. try to describe exactly what the image is. I mean, Google's gonna get better and better at figuring out what's in your image on its own. Yeah, they have a neural network and all, but it's always best to make their job easier if you can, right? Yeah, and we know that all of that computational stuff just costs money, so they're always going to yeah. focus. They're always going to focus things like that on uh, high traffic sites that uh, generate a lot of traffic and generate some revenue for them too, right? Google's going to act in a very self interested way, so. Right, if it's like an e-commerce site and they can direct traffic there, and that's going to help reinforce some advertising or whatever, make mm -hmm. make searches that make them money more functional. They're going to focus on that. So, yeah, I always think like for our nonprofit clients who are just putting information out there, 
um, wonderful stuff that Google also wants to highlight in search, but stuff that Google may not be spending like computational power on at scale. Remember, they're not just looking at your website. They're looking at all the websites that are like your website. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it may be trivial for Google to do a comprehensive scan of your website and, and dedicate some processing power to figuring out what those images are. Uh, but it's got to do that across millions of websites that are all the same. Um, yeah. So I think low commercial potential stuff, feed them every bit of extra information that you can and don't count on the idea that they're going to figure it out for you. Um, but they're, they're also showing some interesting stuff like, so more results like in the search bar itself. So as you're typing something in, like they were giving the example of Fort Funston, which I guess is a road in San Francisco. It's mm-hmm. It's showing you things like, um, or I guess Fort Funston, I'm sorry, is a is a fort that you can go visit, um, but it's on Fort Funston Road. It's immediately giving you results and suggesting other ways to refine that search uh, as you're typing things in. So like mm-hmm. Fort Funston weather, beach, webcam. So there's probably a webcam that shows you the status of the beach. Maybe you can see. And there's they, they two, used to provide, I mean, uh, rec- recommendations, but this goes a bit further, right? Yeah, so this is um this is a set of like little tiles within the Google app on the phone above um, the recommended results recommended yes. uh queries, yeah. Yeah. So so ways right. to basically take what you've got and narrow it down rather than mm-hmm. just I think it's more smartly picking ways to narrow down rather than picking um a search query yeah. that started the same way that may be a little longer, right? So it's it's the same thing that we've been seeing in lots of stuff where Google's moving away from simple strings of text to understanding what a thing is. Like you, you start typing mm-hmm. in the example that they gave is best Mexico cities. Yeah. And then it's putting in for families, for expats to retire, to vacation, to live, to visit. So mm-hmm. that might not be exactly how somebody typed in the string of text, but Google's no. understanding more of you know, what those words are that are being used. Yeah, the intent. Yeah, it's just a way to immediately tell them a little bit more about what you're really looking for rather than having to scour through uh, more ir- irrelevant suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, they're also showing that in, in mobile that they're just, they're combining um, web results, image results, video results all onto one page and this is again for the 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 Google mobile app so it's going to it may look different if you're just typing something in on uh Chrome or Safari on your iPhone um but in their own app they're presenting this differently and i found that you may not see these results right away i think that Google tends to push these out in some sort of I don't know. Not everybody sees it at a time. I don't know if they're A/B mm, testing right. it or they're slowly rolling it out, looking for if there's errors yeah, or some other problem at scale. I remember when they did with the dark mode? Those just a random. Yeah, or, or often when when we're reading um, news about Search Console and like the nerdy tools that are are just available to uh, you know, not mm-hmm. not publicly available things, but stuff where you've got to be a webmaster and know about this stuff to sign up. Uh, they'll often yeah. say that a new feature is rolled out and we don't see it for a week or sometimes we see it for three clients, mm-hmm. but not the other, you know, 19 people we have in, in GSC at um, a certain mm-hmm. time. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, but it's, um, it's interesting what they're, what they're rolling out. So I think to, um, we grabbed, uh, and we'll have in the show notes, the coverage from search engine journal. Uh, but this caught the attention of the wider press this week. So there's stories from, uh, New York Times is covering this. The Verge is covering this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Google's just going to continue to make the search engine, uh, I think, m- more varied, more trying to answer your questions without actually having to view- visit a web page, which isn't super great for what our clients want. Um, they would like people to come to their websites. Um, yeah. But I think the, I mean, what's the upshot of it or what's the takeaway for folks who are interested in getting more web traffic. It's like, continue to follow best practices. Don't, don't skip anything. You got to dot all your I's and cross all your T's, you know, alt text in images, great meta descriptions, um, continuing interlinking proper categorization, you know, making it really clear what it is that you have to offer. 
Um, and maybe you'll end up making it into one of these search stories or other sort of rich ways of presenting these results. Right. Well, let's see. Um, I'm I'm going to change up the order of of what we're of, mm -hmm. of the stories sure. here, just for continuity's sake. And I've also got to open up Apple News because I made the mistake of sharing something directly out of Apple News into the show notes, and I really hate the right. way that Apple Apple News deals with that, where where they send you a link to the Apple News rather than to the the source itself. Yeah. So, so I grabbed this story from VentureBeat, and as long as we're talking about okay, Google's changing its apps, making these wider ecosystem changes. I mean, the big ecosystem change in, uh, in I guess, the, the online marketing world overall is the way that privacy changes, whether they're instigated by the European Union uh, or instigated by another global power, um, Apple Incorporated, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're pushing away from they're pushing away from gathering gathering data on folks basically right so restrictions on third party cookies um restrictions on data gathering and apps uh apple's now allowing you know apple basically allows tons of ad blocking um so venturebeat has this story saying that um the yeah that that predictions in 2021 were that yeah. we'd see a 50% drop in app tracking, but the results have come in and 90% of users ended up declining access. So Apple's mm. Apple's uh, iOS 14.5 that introduced this sort of making you have to opt in to tracking rather than opt out. So setting the default mm -hmm. as you're going to be, you know, your browsing is going to be private has had a yeah. huge impact on groups like Facebook, right? So now Meta's platforms are having a harder time targeting users. They no longer have that comprehensive information. I mean, I, I kind of love and lament this at the same time because- Me too, um, it's very mixed feelings. Yeah, because I mean, I value my own privacy, but uh, Facebook is also an incredible thing to use. Um, I help my in-laws out with their small business. They have a bookstore here in our town and Facebook has been, and, and in this case, continues to be a really useful tool uh, for advertising. So I'd hate to see the effectiveness of that drop off coming at it from that perspective, from being an advertiser. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the, that's the reality of things going forward. It is just going to be harder to collect. Yeah, it seems data. that way for now. Uh, the current trend, the thing is, I've gotten so much value from, from target advertising as a consumer. Uh, but at the same time, I always hit do not track. So, yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? But it, it's a it's a very new thing, and we'll we'll see if uh, how people like it because they just end up seeing less targeted ads if, if they don't have app lock. That is, uh, yeah. So, so I mean, all of this less creepy, but yes. less useful too. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully for us, in a totally selfish way, all of this redounds to our benefit <laughs> because um, That's true. Uh, who this ends up helping and why Google has been pushing various privacy laws and and uh, sort of industry standards is because it helps SEO. And why does it do yeah. that? Because even if you're even if you don't have a comprehensive user profile built around whomever it is is searching, you've got their search. Right, so if you're on Facebook and you've logged in, and and Facebook hasn't been able to track you all around the web, they're not really sure what to serve to you because all that you're looking at is a timeline. Whereas with Google, they could know nothing about you, uh, and you come in and you type what you're looking for. I mean, you tell them, right? So it's different. Mm -hmm. Like Google built into the whole thing is a statement of intention: I want this, versus opening up Facebook is. I have time to be distracted right now. You know, the, the TV show my wife is watching, I find boring. I'm going to look at my phone right now. I, you know, yeah. it's not, you're not, you're not typically going to Facebook to accomplish a specific task, typing in some input. Maybe sometimes you are, you're using something like Facebook marketplace, in which case now you're using Facebook's own search and you're stating an intention to them. But most of the time it's just, 
give me the latest. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's much harder for Facebook um, to give you exactly what it's harder for Facebook to get a conversion basically out of you without all that extra information, knowing that, you know, two hours ago you were on the consumer reports website, looking at uh best 4k TVs. If mm-hmm. they knew that about you and they had that tracking data, they would be serving you up 4k TV ads in Facebook. But if they don't now, because you've turned off app tracking or third-party cookies are disabled, so on and so forth, it's just going to be harder to do this. So, um, this means focus on SEO because people have to tell the search engine what they want because it is an it's a stated intention system. Um, in 2018, Semrush said that 37% of all traffic to e-commerce sites comes from search engines. Mm-hmm. That's compared to just um, 6.83% from Google ads and 4% from social media. I would guess that that number is just going to be driven down and down and down. Um so we're just going to see more and more of that traffic to e-commerce sites, but I would venture to say also news sites, publication sites, like the sites that we tend to work with are going to get yeah. more and more of their traffic from uh, from search engines because there's just not a lot of data getting into the other platforms. Um, and, and this story from VentureBeat, I think, is worth people looking through and reading because it talks about the type of SEO that we talk about, which is programmatic SEO. So that means not like optimizing, um, not optimizing individual pages and uh, trying to build the perfect landing page that targets this keyword or this like handful of key phrases. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, it's it's really casting like a wide net by building the most structured website that you can with the with great interlinking, providing an actually really useful information product to people. And that's, you know, precisely what we're doing with all of our clients. So sometimes we might call it um, product-led SEO. Uh, Eli Schwartz calls it that in his his book of the same name. Um, but yeah, I think that that's where things are headed. So thankfully, I, I think this is maybe just a way for us to like brag and plug our own services, but it seems yeah. like we are, we are skating to where the puck is going. I mean, the industry is headed more into uh, these huge dragnets of data aren't going to be there. Mm. So, so search is just going to come. of an era. Yeah. Or, 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 or right West for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Or you could say everything old is new again. Um, you mm. know, <laughs> we're, we're going to have searches, search is, is going to, maybe reclaim a lot of that traffic pie that it lost to social yeah, over the last right. decade. Decades. Um, decades but it's but it's gonna be yeah. a much, much better search engine that's a lot less, you know, less subject to spam. Um mm-hmm. I guess speaking of, I'm gonna make another audible and move something up in the results here. Or move something sure. up in our in our show notes. Um Remember we were talking about uh, Lily Ray and how she looks at all this data after these um, after these updates roll out. Yeah. So she, um, I think she just tweeted today. She has her um, her new post up where she's analyzing the results of um, the helpful content update, the core okay. core update, and the product review update that all rolled out back to back to back. And she makes note that Google has said that it it it's not going to roll out um updates back to back to back anymore. <laughs> so they right. announced that previously and then they did then they just put three in a row. Um, you know, two weeks for one, two weeks for the next, two weeks for the next. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of changes that happen that are hard to pull apart because you know lots of websites have have product reviews, even when they're not specifically product review oriented, like many news sites like the New York Times bought the wire cutter, you know, mm-hmm. um various news sites do product reviews as part of their, especially in like technology journalism and stuff like that. Um, so it's a little bit hard to know, did I get hit by the core update or did I get hit by the review update? And you'll mm-hmm. have to analyze and figure out, you know, which of your pages have been, have gone up or down. Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things I found was that uh, Lily says that news websites specifically are seeing declines. Um, 
the greatest drops in absolute visibility came from CNN, uh, Metro.co.uk, the New York Post, CNBC, the Wall Street Journal. I mean, these are, I don't know. I, I could have my criticisms about places like uh, like CNN or maybe the New York Post being, um, I don't know. CNN, I guess I would especially want to dog on as just being sort of a crummier, uh, mm. crummier uh, journalism <laughs> sometimes. Um but other other news sites, you can't say the same thing for the Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg just gives pretty straight across the board business news and so on. Um, mm-hmm. But other sites like the New York Times, uh, Pew Research, which I guess I wouldn't call a traditional news website, that's more verging into what our clients in the think tank world do. Um, the Guardian Today and Time, I I didn't like time is barely an entity in my mind now, but okay. <laughs> they, they all saw increases in visibility. So I guess they're doing something right. right. Um, so it, it's interesting because when, why does Google show a news result rather than something else? Um, for example, if you, if you were to type in hurricanes three weeks ago, it may have given yeah. you something much more right. broad, a broad article about how is climate change changing the nature of hurricanes? Here's the hurricanes entry in Wikipedia. Uh, if you type in hurricanes or hurricane now, it's going to give you something on Hurricane Ian that's like plowing its way through Florida, right? Yeah, now. yeah. So news has some boosts that degrades maybe with time or, well, not necessarily just time, but of course it has to know if, they, if it's not news anymore. I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the, the the algorithm is is aware um because it's yeah. tracking what all these news sites are putting out. If suddenly every news site in Google yeah. News is or you know a huge portion of them are covering mm-hmm. hurricanes whatever, it can see that those topics are trending, something is relevant. Yeah. Um so there there's there's other things like that like that are very cyclical and seasonal. Um mm-hmm. Type in Christmas tree fair. one t- type of the year, one time of the year, and it's going to be a reference. Type in Christmas tree later, mm-hmm. it's going to give you ads for uh, artificial Christmas trees, maybe your local tree farm, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So it's it's it seems like one this this could just be um, the data that Lily is pulling from Systrix that is is querying Google for a huge wide array of the way that it's figuring out these visibility scores is essentially searching for millions of things and then seeing what the results are and compiling that and saying, okay, CNN is now showing up in fewer of these results on the front page or Mm -hmm. top top 10 results, whatever. Um, So, so some of that could just be, uh, yeah, those, those specific search terms aren't hot in the news right now. (laughs) Um, They cover such a wide variety you know, you, it seems like they would be covered, but but maybe Google is is just getting better about um, certain of these news sites. And this is a trend that we've seen for like, uh, I guess, the better part of a decade. That rather than just news sites have lots of links, they talk about lots of things. They're authoritative sites, so let's just have them in the top results for every damn thing that there is. Google mm-hmm. has been trying to do things like we've talked about before. You search for music. Rather than giving you the site with the most links, it's going to give you the site that's the most specialized in music. So it might direct you to like Pitchfork or Rolling Stone, or maybe now it would be like Spotify or something like that. Um, yeah. So it's it seems like a trend that's just um, going to continue. And and I think what that means for our clients is it's it's heartening to see something like Pew Research being on the winners from all of that. Um, we also mm-hmm. see that in, in general government websites are up for a, a whole variety of search queries. Um, and Google has indicated in the past that algorithms are going to elevate authoritative sites during times of crisis. So, I oh, guess okay. we, you know, I guess we've been in a, you know, two year crisis on COVID. So CDC <laughs> saw, um, a huge visibility gain, for example, um, so Google's figuring authority could be anyone, but being well, or what do you mean by authority? There, actual authority, like uh, the .gov. Yeah, so it's or 
but it, but it's also going to be a, an authority on whatever the whatever the realm of the search is, right? So if yeah, yeah. For, so I was thinking, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're searching for um, COVID related stuff, it's going to show the CDC. Uh, it's not going to show yeah the, the highest rated news article on that necessarily. Let's say that um, there could be some yeah not like an actual authority figure, but someone a doctor or something who has a website and talked a lot about it it was still cdc at the top i guess they would get an additional boost just from being i don't well, i i don't i, I, I guess know. I, she isn't stated she isn't stating that by virtue of no, the government site I'm just curious you're getting elevated yeah. it's more that the government is likely to be an authority on on this right. issue so r- right now for example mm-hmm. you're probably going to get on hurricanes stuff from like um, the Florida state government or um, maybe yeah. federal emergency management, administ- whatever FEMA is, <laughs> I think it's federal emergency management administration. Um, but those things right. are going to be elevated as opposed to just showing you news stories. And the reason is they're, they're trying to elevate things that get people to mm. get people to sort of the official word on this stuff. So you can see how that's useful because if you're in Florida and you're looking for, you know, my house is underwater. Mm-hmm. How do I get relief? Where do I find food and shelter? What are the evacuation yeah. routes? All these things. You wouldn't want those things to be buried. Um, uh, e- even if, e- even if CNN has done a better job of SEO, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we can't, the, the, the latest news are showing some, uh, you know, idiot meteorologist being blown around by palm trees is not as useful to people as getting other information. So, um, but anyway, I, I was heartened to see that stuff in that, you know, our clients do have real experts writing about things with real data to see Pew is elevated as one of the examples in this study is good. I think what it means is just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and double down on all of the EAT stuff that we've talked about, you know, building out really comprehensive oh. author bios with links, um, mm-hmm. touting your credentials. Uh, yeah, that, that will build authority, you know, for anyone who wants to do that, right? Yes. Uh, and, and I then, asked Google, as we understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, publishing the whole text of your articles not burying stuff in PDFs, you know, making them live documents with links out to other websites that show that you're citing good sources. Yeah. There's lot, lots of different EAT reinforcing signals that you can use there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you can read Lily's article at, at amsofdigital.com. I'll have that link in the show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's m- many thousands of words long with lots of charts to look at. It's very hard to go over in audio format, but those were the takeaways I thought were valuable there. Right. All right. Should we jump to these? Um, you know, I always try to pick these like little, I don't know, tips and tricks almost sort of stuff, but I hate mm-hmm. SEO tips and tricks things because I think everything <laughs> needs to be looked at in a comprehensive, holistic way. Um, yeah. But I, I'm often just trying to like clarify and contextualize stuff when I see these sorts of tips and tricks things that seem to be, you know, erroneous or, not quite explained in a way that I think helps our client base, especially. So yeah. um, let's look at this first one. So Google says you should avoid changing URLs just for SEO reasons. So okay. what, 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 what would you say is, is one of the reasons why, uh, <laughs> why people, what do they mean by that? How do people change well, URLs for SEO reasons? How do they change SEO reasons? Well, what I've seen is changing from maybe a date structure to something that includes the title of the article mm-hmm. or, okay, uh, or yeah, if you have something even more abstract than dates, like an ID or something of the current posts or something in, in the URL, or just let's say that you already have uh, a post title, but you decide to optimize optimize the title. And yeah. uh, and then change the URL and create a redirect as a result of that. Um, so that's the two scenarios I can think of. Like one one is more uh, changing the, the whole stri- site structure, and the other is, let's say, you just realize, oh, this is not good enough. 
uh, this title isn't good enough for SEO and, and you have already posted it and you want to improve it. So yeah, so the tips and tricks thing that's commonly talked about is make your URL, what actually appears mm -hmm. up there in the address bar, match mm -hmm. the title and maybe right. have it even include like the category. So it's under foreign policy right. news or um, domestic mm -hmm. spending, something like that. Um, As opposed to just the root domain and the post title. By the way, right? Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So Google has said uh, th this. This story comes to us from SEO Roundtable, and um, this was another thing from. Uh, I guess this is John answering questions on Reddit. So sometimes he does answers questions on Twitter and Reddit along with the um, mm -hmm. the SEO office hours that he does. Um, yeah. Yeah, he says, if you're an SEO and billing by the hour to implement this change, then it'll help your bottom line. But will it help the site? He says, very, very rarely. If they have terrible URLs that you can't copy and paste, maybe, so like super long URLs or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so he says, like, there's some risk to this and usually no gain. So why would you do it? Um, right, okay. And if you change URLs, you should do re redirects. There's no maximum number of redirects per site, um, but you're likely hurting yourself in the short term for no real visibility gain. So the advice that we've always given people is like the best URL is the URL you never have to change. Um, and the two examples I like to cite are like the BBC, I think for some parts of its site now just uses IDs rather than mm -hmm. a, a URL where you could read it and kind of see the title of it, of the yeah. page or post. Um, and YouTube works the same way, right? Like YouTube just has way too many things to possibly have it all have these long, long, um, you know, human readable URLs. So you, you often see that just like watch question mark equals and maybe like a 16 character ID for the video. So the takeaway is just, it's just too, it's typically too much risk to yeah. do this. Ascend, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it's just like, keep it simple and don't overthink these things. Like I, I would, I would spend zero time on messing around with URLs. Um, and if you think that you're, so from a planning perspective, it's like, don't bake in more information than you have to into that URL. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe you put in date and title and that's it. And don't put yeah. in, you know, the content type or the content category or the tag that it's under or anything else, because you may change how you categorize things in the future. Um, and then you've got that hanging mm -hmm. around. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you may be generating that URL because something is filed under a certain tag. Well, if you rename that tag in the future, then that breaks all those URLs. Yeah. You know, or it might, it might, if you don't have some automatic redirect uh, software put mm -hmm. in place there, a solution put in place. So I think it's best just to, just to keep things simple. Um, yeah, if it were up to me, I think things would just be by ID. Um, mm -hmm. if you had, if you had some marquee thing, like that you wanted to be able to say the URL, you know, you're, you're giving a talk on something and, you know, you can see this presentation yeah. at, um, you know, AEI.org slash 2022 budget, something like that, you know, whatever they're talking about. You can always create a vanity URL that just redirects to whatever your page is. Um, Wait, did, you just, did you say that's what you would prefer? That's not why we have practice, though. The, the IDs, it's that's because um, that's because nobody's doing it. So, I, I <laughs> the, fir the yeah, first rule right. comes back, which is just don't change it. Uh, it is an option in, in WordPress, for example, to do that. And, and in Drupal, yeah. that's also built in. The, the note yeah, but idea. I, yeah, I guess I also think a fine option is just like date and title. It, it is ugly though, but I see your point. It's, yeah, uh, just visually it's ugly, and most browsers still show the URL. I think some don't show it anymore. What, well, like Safari on mobile, maybe I don't remember. You could argue but, it's ugly, uh, but you can also argue that it's it's short. You know, yeah, if, if it's, it's short, something.com or something.org slash a little hash of numbers, not affected by social changes. Yeah. As much, at least, yeah. So, yeah, but but date and the article title. Yeah, you could change the article title. Um, yeah, WordPress has a series of plugins where if you change 
if you change the title and you and you change the URL to reflect that, it'll automatically create redirects. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the main takeaway from Mueller is like if you if you've got this idea that like I'm gonna I'm gonna really boost the traffic of this website by changing mm-hmm. how the URLs are structured, like you're completely out to lunch on that. Like that's not gonna yeah. happen. And maybe there's some benefit to doing it, but th- there's just this risk. Like if you change something, that you'll lose so much more from that than than what you would gain from, you know. Yeah, the, there, yeah. There, the there's benefit. there's probably zero upside and huge downside risk. So just mm. don't do it. Just uh, stay mm-hmm. the course. Uh, you know, don't switch horses midstream, so forth. Uh, to use uh, political tropes. Um, Mm-hmm. And Dana Carveyisms from the nineties. Um, all right, here's here's another. Um, this is something I think we've talked about before. So moving on to our next our next piece. Um, this is another search engine journal. It's always just going to be search engine journal, search engine roundtable. Uh, people who write about mm-hmm. search engine stuff every week is going to be our source. Try to mix it up when we can, but um, yeah, I'm going to pull up the original. Uh, I want to make sure that we're citing the author of this. Yeah. So Christy Hines is writing this for search engine journal. Uh, is, is website quality score a thing? Oh yeah. Um, I saw this story. Yeah. And we've so, talked about this before that there's, there's long been a, th- a, th- a theory that this is a thing. Yeah. Um, and I was, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did the, uh, I don't even remember what it's called. Google, you, you, uh, you were, you were a quality rater. Quality rater, right? Yeah. Yes, but but those so those quality raters are are giving feedback to the engineers though on whether or not yeah the, the, that's machine, true. the machine learning is working as it should. This is a yeah. separate concept. This is like mm, okay, you know, CNN.com has a quality score of eighty seven. Okay. AI.org has a quality score. The website of itself uh, across the board, right? Okay. So yeah. So then, as as Google is is looking at, you know, the tens of thousands of pages that match your query and figuring mm-hmm. out which ones to rank one of the things it's taking into account is just is this page part of a high quality or low quality site um mm-hmm. you know so so the the thinking there then is um boy don't weigh down your site with a bunch of bad pages because those bad pages may be reflected in a quality score so even if you have a really well written page written by an expert properly cited answers the searchers um mm-hmm. question to where they they don't feel like they have to look at another page you know basically fits every definition that google has of high quality result that it could still be dragged down by the fact that it's part of a website that's full of junk that yeah. that's the overall thinking um and, and this has long been speculated because we know that google assigns quality scores to things like your ad account so your ads mm-hmm. are less likely to be placed if your ads have been low quality in the past. So if your ad copy doesn't oh, wow. match okay. up to your keywords, and if your ad copy doesn't match up to your landing page really well, and your ads aren't converting and so on, then why would Google show your ad, place it when you're paying per click? I see. And when you're likely to pay more if you get conversions, if you have a an ad that doesn't result in clicks and doesn't result in conversions, essentially leads users to pages that they're not going to find useful like google wants the ads to be okay. useful too or else their product stinks right do you, th- so, do you think it's uh difficult to recover from that like if you have been doing low quality ads does it take oh, a long time or oh yeah that... i mean i've seen that in the in the ppc accounts that we have for clients where yeah. ad deliverability is really bad so for people who don't understand what i mean it means like when we're managing an ad grant account where someone has $10,000 a month in Google credit to spend on ads. And you would think, great, here's an ad. I'll target this keyword. We see that this keyword has a ton of traffic. I've got all this, you know, funny money from Google to spend on this in the form of their grant. Mm -hmm. I should be able to get traffic like right now, turn it on like a switch. And it doesn't happen because the, the account has been so bad in the past has done poor keyword targeting has had, um, is trying to do this bait and switch thing that people sometimes think they have to do. Oh, we'll, we'll get people who are interested in this thing that's similar to our topic and try to kind of divert them over to our topic. You don't want to do that. You just want to target people who are really, really interested in what you have to say. Um, 
so so yeah, basically the the thinking is Google assigns a quality score to those ad accounts and mm-hmm. punishes ad deliverability as a result of that. And and they'll they'll basically slowly test your new ad over time and only show it to users um to, to more and more users on every search for whatever your target keywords are as it sees that it actually performs well. So Google sort of comes at you with a skepticism when you have a, a low yeah. overall score. Um, so yeah, this article okay. discusses that. It talks about how um, Google assigns a quality score to ads between um, one to 10 uh, and, and assigns an overall account score. We know that. And they, they make it clear to people who pay for ads. Hey, you know, keep it together here. Okay. But so, better get a good, uh, good start then if you're going to go for the ad grant. Yes, um, maintain your could I mean, save some time. Yeah, and that and that's a big part for whether or not you're an ad grant or paying customer. You want to maintain a high uh, ad score and go through and eliminate yeah, yeah, performing of ads. Um, I mean, for purely but, selfish reasons, uh, but also just to mm-hmm. help yourself out in the future. You don't want to be spending money on bad performing ads. Um, yeah, I feel like ad grants uh, receivers or maybe even more susceptible to this because the amount is so high um, that you just, yeah, you're, tr- you're trying to spend it, right? 10K a month. So, yeah. whereas right. if you're just starting with your own money, maybe you're a little bit more careful, like, okay, I need to make this money to something here. Even though, okay, maybe some someone might just be trying to get quick traffic, but still. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, well, take away um, from this. Yeah. So if we, th- this article is interesting. I encourage everybody to look at search engine journal. So they have quotes from, um, often if you go back in time and look at stuff when Google was like a little less, uh, protective uh-huh. about information, uh, you can find interesting tidbits that they talked about that are, are, are probably still, still part of the overall algorithm. Yeah. So they do talk about how, Uh, web, they 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 talk about website quality score in in support mm-hmm. documents from 2010, and in a patent filing they have for evaluating website properties. Um, so we know that that exists. We know that yeah. um, in 2011, uh, Michael Wisemirsky. I'm going to say is how you say his name. <laughs> Apologies if I uh, scrambled that up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, he said in giving feedback about Google's latest algorithm change back then, it's important for webmasters to know that low quality content on part of a site can impact impact a site's ranking as a whole. Right. So maybe he, okay, maybe he kind of let the cat out of the bag there. Right. They were used to be a little less guarded and careful about everything that they said. Um, in 2012, there's another patent filing for site quality score. Um, for quantifying quality, um, more recently in 2021, John Mueller said, we have lots of different algorithms that try to understand the quality of a website. It's not just one number or anything like that. So he's not denying that there's an overall evaluation of the site. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think much more recently, and they don't cite this here, but I think that, I think that much more recently when talking about, um, the helpful content update, they were also saying that that is a site-wide score. So, and remember we were talking last week about like how these core updates function. I think the mm-hmm. whole point of the core update is that they're rescoring entire properties. Um, because it, it, it makes sense to me that they couldn't do that in real time. They could score a page and part of that page is, you know, so you publish a new page on whatever it is, your news site, you're covering the latest news story of the day. They yeah. can score that because they've got an overall, they've got an overall score assigned to your site already. But um, right. but they don't have a um, so they can score that page. But then they're you're going to see a reshuffle when the new core update comes out because then they can compile the quality of all of your pages, reassign a sort of overall letter grade or however they do it. You know, maybe they're grading several different factors across the site. 
but however it is, they, they need like a two week computational cycle to go through that and kind of grade everybody on a curve again. Um, mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that they just like, couldn't do that in real time. That has to be a thing that just throw a bunch of compute power at stuff, recalculate based on, we think the score should look this way now. Um, yeah. So all this makes sense. So it's just a, it's another reason to say like, do the stuff that we've talked about over and over prune, prune old pages off of your site, you know, go through and do those audits regularly. Like your website is an information product. So it's just like, it's just like issuing a new version of the encyclopedia Britannica, right? You got to go through mm -hmm. and look at all the entries. You know, if they've, if they've changed what the circumference of the earth is, according to the latest, you know, latest, uh, whatever, scientific data on this, you've got to update that. Uh, if they've added new elements to the periodic table, you've got to update your entry on that. Um, you yeah. can't just have the the website sort of be sitting there with old relevant stuff. You know, for many of our clients, they do have dated studies that come out and this was the state of things at this time. So I'm not saying you have to get rid of those things. Um, no, sure. But but you may want to go through and say, we have a new version of this study here that you might want to reference. You know, um, there's all this sort of care and maintenance that you need to do. Uh, and it, it can't be this sort of thing that the website is just this sort of um, chronologically sorted dumping ground for information that otherwise isn't, uh, isn't cared for or, um, or tagged or so forth. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, we're running a little bit over our time, but I, I do think ah, we can we can finish up with um so sorry, I've been like distracted and talking out of um typing a message to somebody, letting us letting them know <laughs> I'm running late. Um but let's talk about uh SEO SEO measurement and effectiveness. Yeah, I think that's something um, interesting for someone buying SEO. Yes. Their so business. This is from search engine land. Um so what do they say are the things we should be paying attention to, Anar? Um, so, I mean, o o overall, these, these four smarter ways are, are going to be traffic, ranking, as in keyword ranking, and uh, conversions, and links, like uh, backlinks. But, okay, let's dive into the, these a little bit further. That's the whole point of the, this post, I believe. Yep. Uh, so... And if, if you use Search Console, uh, traffic is split into into two buckets, I believe, uh, brand and non-brand buckets. Uh, brand traffic being uh, not something to use as a uh, measurement of effectiveness of SEO. And I think that's interesting because the default assumption for me will be like everything in Search Console is going to be something to use uh, as measurement of SEO effectiveness, right? Because it's a search console. But so brand traffic. Yeah, but if you think about it, like for, yeah, for sorry, our clients, if, if they're if they put out a study on, um, yeah, you know, comparing the, the fiscal status of the 50 states, um, yeah. if I find that by typing in Mercatus Center fiscal rankings, I already know yeah. that that's that that, that, yeah, that exists. Yeah. That's so, true. Uh, and and Google's only going to bring up that. So that that's um, there. There's yeah. no search engine optimization involved there. No. Basically, so that fell under a campaign, like an awareness campaign, or would you say something well, under here? Well, you you would attribute that traffic to someone learned about this somehow. Yeah. M maybe they found it previously when they were searching for like, um, yeah estate finances or something you know maybe they they did they now know about it because they previously found it via search but more than likely they're finding it because they're familiar with your brand they're on your mm -hmm. mailing list they found okay. out about you through, you some, yeah. through some other channel uh right mm -hmm. it's it's similar to like um yeah anyway you could you could think of a million examples of this where somebody's searching for a specific piece of information I get it. Yeah. without tagging a brand onto it and something knowing that, yeah. knowing that you you traffic in this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, like if you want to learn something um 
like one example here is just SEO best practices. There's nothing branded in there. Yeah. But, versus if you if you search for yeah. SEMrush, you you yeah. have to know that that brand exists. So mm-hmm. somehow somehow that information is in the user's head from something other than that specific mm-hmm. search at the time. And yeah, another point in this uh, traffic uh, main point here is just that you should be measuring uh, month over month, quarter over quarter, and year over year. Like big windows, not not just week over week or day by day after day, because uh, yeah, SEO is a little slow. It you need to. It's not not like PPC or maybe some other short. Uh, or uh, quick win uh, methods. Yeah, you need to, you need to measure bigger yeah. windows of time. Yeah, like we can see that um, when with our our biggest projects where we've completely reorganized mm-hmm. sites or added loads of structured data to them or you know redone classification, the traffic can sometimes just look like nothing happened for four or five six weeks, and then suddenly it's growing. Yeah, and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing and. Yeah, so there's a delay as Google is like absorbing that information, testing it out, cautiously putting you up the rankings in a few things and testing how that, you know, are people mm-hmm. finding those search results to be satisfactory? Um, yeah, certainly. Okay, um, so let's let's talk about the next measurement, which is rank, ranking too. itself. So that's like, this can be sort of a leading indicator that you're going to get traffic. Um, so by ranking, we mean like type in a keyword and where, where do you land? Um, are mm-hmm. you the, are you the number one result for that? Are you, you know, just, just earlier this morning on our, our review call for clients, we were talking about a client moving up from, you know, spot 78 for a specific keyword right. to spot 30. They're still mm-hmm. not on the front page of Google, but it means the changes that we just no. made are doing something right. Sure. So it's a it's a leading indicator that the ultimate goal, which is traffic, is going to get there. Or you could probably argue that the ultimate goal is conversions, but for some clients, the relevant conversion is just traffic. Thanks. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially think... for, for publishers, they just want to get more more eyes on things. Mm-hmm. Um. So so that I think the the key in thinking about things there are, you know it's not just how your your targets are ranking over time but this article points out like how are individual pages ranking so tools like hrefs can show you this yeah um, are you achieving milestones i guess think about what those milestones are uh is your overall visibility going up so um tools like hrefs can tell you that by by just measuring how many things have made it onto page 1 then your visibility goes up and up and up yeah, that's so much more than going from I don't know eighty to twenty in the uh, yeah SCRPs because yeah yeah that, le- just, that lets you know you're moving uh, it, in the it's right something r- right it knows direction you're going, yeah but you exactly. haven't really cashed in yet because you're not going to get a, a noticeable bump in traffic until things make you it really need one. to get to the first page right it's uh, I don't know I don't know the exact percentage of people that go to the second page I mean I do it all the time but still I, I think there must be a huge drop off right. Yeah, there's a huge and and I think our clients because they they are trafficking in like highly specific information um mm-hmm. about public policy, about politics news whatever. Right. Um sometimes people are in digging mode as opposed to quick answer mode. So we okay, do see sure. we, we do see traffic coming to clients who may have something ranked at like rank 16. So they're halfway down the second page. Okay, um, and I yeah. I would you know, be curious to know something to look at. What for our yeah, clients? It's, it's what the, it's per, still the percentage way, is after the yeah. first page. Yeah, yeah, it's still way less. You know, that's a, that's a nice point, though. It depends on the industry, probably. Like, yeah. because they are taking deeper in in this industry, I suppose. Sorry, go um, ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I was also so the the other thing that they mentioned in this piece is conversions. Um, mm-hmm measurements yeah and that's of course what you what you're going for um again with some of our clients it's like they'd love to get email signups they'd love to get a donation even um Mm -hmm. they'd love to somehow have that relationship go beyond somebody came from search onto our site 
and looked at a story. You know, even download a PDF. They consider that like I was going to say that too, but it kind of we've yeah. been recommending people not to have PDFs. So, well, yes, not to, I, I, we're, we're recommending people to not just have the PDF, right? To have the information. Yeah, yeah, not just have it. On, yeah, on yeah. the web page, but maybe mm -hmm. that's some indication that someone is especially if something is a long form report they're maybe realistically not going to read it all on the website um so yeah we, we want right. all the text to be as a, a web page so it's discoverable and people can find it via search but if somebody finds a a 40 page study interesting they may very mm -hmm. well download it on pdf and print it out or maybe ship it over to their uh their their ipad or their kindle or something else to, yeah. to read it in long form um so that's, of course, a, a very good measure. Um, and then last but not least is links. Um, and a lot of people don't even think about this or because they don't maybe have a way of measuring it. Um, you can measure it using Google Search Console. We'll tell you how many links you have to your site overall. Uh, and it'll give, you, um, it'll give you measures for certain URLs. But mm -hmm. uh, I find that third-party tools like Ahrefs are just so much better. And it gives you so much clarity. And when clients aren't right. aware that you can see this, um, they're kind of amazed, right? Because you start looking at things and say, hey, are you aware that these 20 URLs are responsible for thousands upon thousands of links coming to your site? Uh, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, these other things, um, you know, studies, blog posts, um, videos, um, event pages, whatever it is, um, maybe some things that even take dozens of hours to develop nobody's linking to these things um no you know, yeah so in terms of your seo strategy you might want to focus on doing a lot more of these you know often they're like really data heavy studies they're things like yeah. um you know freedom in the 50 states state fiscal rankings um the uh the whole pie study by the um uh by the prison policy initiative that shows the breakdown of people in local state and federal prisons um mm -hmm. this data heavy stuff that's like really impactful that um that journalists are going to use as a as a thing to cite in in a story that they're going to write right like that stuff makes sense that it's going to generate a lot of links because mm -hmm. someone else is going to say great i can use this as a primary source for my you know i'm now a secondary source because i'm writing in a in a journalistic outlet um yeah yeah. So, um, yeah, those links often reveal just the stuff that's like, boy, you, you'd really want to focus your effort on the stuff that, um, delivers 50 times the result and links back to your website rather than the stuff that doesn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and often that's, that's not just like an, an S like, oh, this is an SEO tactic. It also is an indication that this thing is really valuable compared to this other thing. Um, or, or at least it has a, other... it has a, a much wider, more public value. With our clients, we often have they often have studies where, you know, they would be content if only ten people read it. If it happened to be the ten people in the federal regulatory body that they're talking about, right? If they delivered it to the right audience, mm -hmm. that would be great. They're trying to influence the public policy process, and that doesn't mean that thousands of people have to read something. It could mean that only one person has to read it if they happen to be, you know, the chair of the FCC or something like that. Um, yeah, are there tools for? Connor writers to see like in real time, not in real time, but just see in the CMS how well uh, an article did SEO wise, like uh, Ahrefs plugin for WordPress or something like that. Yeah. So Ahrefs plugins yeah. for WordPress will show you how many backlinks something has. Yeah. Um, something at least. Yeah. So, so, so it gives you some idea of, of where the value is that can also be useful for, for then saying like, Oh, these are the pages that we should use to link out to other pages. Lots yeah. of links are coming yeah, into right. here. And now we can kind of prop up other pages using that info. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I think outside of those things, if you're grabbing other I don't know what other metrics I would even use. I, I wouldn't come at clients with anything else because it's like it's so downstream from the actual value. Yeah. You know, links are building towards value. Ranking is building towards value, but ultimately, you know, the, the real measure is just like traffic and conversions. And for many mm -hmm. of our, you know, for many of our clients, like traffic itself is the goal. Um, yeah. 
But hey, I've got to go talk to a client before they decide oh, that I'm totally dare, derelict yeah. in my duties here. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, until uh, until next week. Yeah, until next week. All see right. ya. Bye. <laughs>